Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, it is finally here. Raiders Chargers Week 18, win and get in, just a few short days away. Give you a roster update, we'll give you a Darren Waller update, plus you know I'll have the keys to victory for the silver and black, and of course we'll close things out with your calls and texts. It's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Friday, January 7th, 2022. Let's get it. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Your win is a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome in, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. And I've been excited about this game coming up on Sunday all week long. Been loving talking about it here on the podcast, talking about it on the radio, talking about it amongst all kind of different radio stations across the country, podcasts, all kind of people have hit me up for interviews. That's how massive this game is. And man, here we are on the podcast talking about it one more time time before officially the game will kick off on Sunday evening, Sunday night football. Uh, so let's get into it right away. Let's get some little roster updates for you. The Raiders on Thursday, they place linebacker Markel Lee on the reserve COVID-19 list. So he'll be out for Sunday. But one day after being released, linebacker Will Compton has been re-signed. He tweeted out that he re-signed with the Raiders on Thursday after a heartfelt goodbye to Raider Nation on Wednesday. Actually had his uh, little video that he had, had the audio from that video on the show on Thursday. And then before I know it, before my radio show was done on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Thursday, he was already back with the squad. So Will Compton is back. Again, I know a lot of fans are big fans of his. So uh, good to see a guy who was very uh, complimentary and respectful of the Silver and Black being signed back to the team. Also wanted to go over the injury report for the Raiders from Thursday. Uh, not a whole lot to it. Uh, Jonathan Hankins dealing with the back injury. He didn't participate on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, also, Nick Martin, the center, he didn't participate on Wednesday, was not listed on Thursday. It was a Veterans Day rest on Wednesday and not listed on Thursday, so that's good. And then Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver, he also had a Veterans Day rest on uh, Wednesday, didn't participate and was not listed on Thursday, so that's good. Guys that were limited in practice for the Raiders, running back Josh Jacobs still dealing with those rib injuries and then Trayvon Merrick he has a shoulder injury limited Wednesday and limited Thursday tight end Darren Waller with the knee injury was limited on Wednesday and Thursday uh, both days were walkthroughs so they were just really estimated practices uh, they'll have another one of those today uh, we'll hear from Rich Basacci about one o'clock Pacific Standard Time and then we'll get the official game status 90 minutes before kickoff on Sunday so uh, that's how it's looking right now uh, there's a long laundry list of guys but for the most part everybody was full again the guys who didn't participate Jonathan Hankins, he was the only one, and guys that were limited were Josh Jacobs, Trayvon Merrick, Denzel Perriman with the ankle injury, forgot to mention him, and then Darren Waller with the knee injury. All those guys were limited. And for the Chargers, uh, Corey Lindsley, the center, he's really the one that everyone's really paying attention to. He has a back injury. He did not participate on Wednesday. He was a full participant on Thursday. And then Drew Tranquil, the linebacker, has an ankle injury. Wednesday, he was limited. Thursday, he was limited as well. And for the most part, that is it as far as the injuries go. So again, there'll be another one released later on today, and then we'll find the official status out 90 minutes before kickoff on Sunday. Speaking of 
Darren Waller, Greg Olson. He was uh, one of the people that spoke with the media on Thursday, along with defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, Max Crosby, and tackle Colton Miller. But Greg Olson was asked about Darren Waller, as a lot of people are anticipating him being back on the game on Sunday or in the game on Sunday. I'm not 100% sure that he's going to be there. It has not been said and set in stone that he's going to be there, but I know a lot of people are anticipating him playing on Sunday for very good reasons. The final game of the season, of course, you want to go out there with all your guys, your best player, especially out there on the field. But again, it's not guaranteed. So Greg Olson was asked about how it was to have Darren Waller back at practice. You know, yeah, we, we've just had the walkthroughs. You know, we haven't uh, gone a full practice yet, but it's good to have him, you know, out there in the huddle and see him move around. We'll get a chance to see tomorrow where he's at. But uh, again, he's our he's our premier player uh, and has been really for the since he's, the time that he's been here, I think. Uh, you know, the players on the offensive side of the ball and even our defensive side would agree with that. He's our, he's our best player, strong, again, another strong leader, uh, strong leader in the huddle and strong leader on the field. And, and uh, we'd be real excited if he's ready to go on Sunday. So there's Greg Olson letting it be known that they haven't really done a whole lot in practice. They'd like to see more from Darren Waller. And look, there's multiple reasons to say that. One, they're being truthful. They would like to see more from him. Remember, he has not played since Thanksgiving. So he's not going to be, even if he goes, he won't be 100%. And, but 60% Darren Waller out there is way better than no percent of Darren Waller out there. The other thing is they don't want to tip their cap already to the Chargers, even though please believe that team is anticipating Waller playing. But again, you just don't know how Waller's going to react, how he's going to be feeling. Remember, he's coming back from COVID-19, and I'm not a guy that has an Instagram, but I have seen on Twitter the pictures of all the medication he was taking while he was on had COVID-19 before he was activated off the reserve list, and that affected Denzel Perriman in a major way last week. So that could also impact Darren Waller on Sunday again there's a good chance that he plays but it is not set in stone yet that he plays so we'll just have to wait to see and hear official word maybe Rich Passaccia will say something today and maybe not maybe he'll wait to find out officially on Sunday but one more soundbite I wanted to play from offensive coordinator Greg Olson and that is what is the reason he feels that the Raiders have had so much late game success they've won it at the end five times this season which is an NFL record why are they so successful coming back late I think we're fortunate as, a, as an offensive staff. We've got a, a group of very intelligent players. I think it's, it always starts with the players, and, and uh, we wouldn't be able to do some of the things that we're able to do in those situations unless you're playing with intelligent group. Uh, and that goes across the board from uh, every, the skill positions to the offensive line. And, and certainly Derek is the one that makes everything go. And uh, we tell our guys, you know, you've, you've got to be able to keep up with the quarterback. And uh, that's the standards that's set here in terms of the mental part of the game and understanding, uh, the, you know, the plays and the variety of plays that are going to get called in those situations. So it starts with Derek, but again, everyone's involved in it. And we're fortunate that we've got an extremely uh, intelligent group of players across the board. But I uh, can't say enough about our quarterback's ability uh, in those situations uh, uh, to to succeed and to, you know, mentally be able to go into those situations and the game slows down for him and he's, and he's done, just done a great job with that. So, but they all work hand in hand. So there is offensive coordinator Greg Olson just talking about the Raiders' success, why they've had success being able to come back late in games and win them five times they've done it so far. They've walked it off and that's a big deal, you know, and he gives all the credit to the players. Obviously gives Derek Carr a lot of credit as well. And you got to give Derek Carr a lot of credit regardless if you want to or not. You just have no really options but to give him credit because he's engineering these comebacks now my final little nugget i want to give you here in segment number one of today's locked on raiders podcast 
has to do with the late, great John Madden and the celebrations that are going to happen at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. I'm very excited about this when I got the press release from the Raiders on Thursday. First of all, the Madden Cruiser is going to be at Allegiant Stadium, so fans with tickets to the game will have the chance to view outside and tour the inside of the Madden Cruiser. It's going to be displayed on the west side of Allegiant Stadium. This is exciting. Matter of fact, a little bit later on this morning, around 9.30 Pacific Standard Time, I'm going to head over to Raiders HQ, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and get an opportunity to tour it and take some pictures of it. So if you want to check it out firsthand uh, early, check me out on Twitter, at your boy Q254. Of course, I'll tweet out those pictures, but just have an opportunity to get on top of the Madden Cruiser, not on top of it, but in the Madden Cruiser is going to be a lot of fun. Also at the game, they're going to have display showcases with Madden special moments in it, so ticketed fans will be able to visit an interactive timeline display that showcases special moments in Madden's life. Pre-pro football days, Raiders coaching career, his time in the broadcast booth, uh, his pro football Hall of Fame bust, the Madden video game, all that's going to be available as well at the game. And then what I think is the most special part of this whole thing, Raider Nation could sign a wall that's going to honor Madden. That's right. There's going to be wall structures set up around Allegiant Stadium where fans can leave their thoughts and memories of Coach Madden. The structures can be found at the Modelo tailgate zone located inside the Southwest Entry Gate on the North Plaza platform located inside the Ford North Entry Gate and at the Madden Cruise location on the west side of Allegiant Stadium. So it'll be three different locations and anybody who's at the game and who's a ticketed fan can sign these walls and give their thoughts on Coach John Madden. I think that's really cool. And then to top it all off, to put a cherry on top, the Madden family. We had this question actually asked on the podcast earlier this week. Who's going to light the Al Davis Memorial Torch? Well, we found out on Thursday that the Madden family is going to do it. Virginia Madden, his wife, uh, his sister Judy, his sons Mike and his wife Susie, and Joe and his wife Wendy, grandsons Jesse and Jack will all light the Al Davis Memorial Torch that's located on the Coors Light Landing, or right there you'll see it at the Coors Light Landing. That's where they'll stand when they light it up. But uh, that's that's something going to be special. You want to talk about a crowd that's going to be already lathered up at Allegiant Stadium. Once the Madden family takes the, takes the Coors Light Landing and actually lights up that torch it's going to be on and popping I cannot wait to just hear the intensity and the cheers and then Michael Buffer is going to come out there and no not Michael Buffer it's his brother (laughs) my bad Bruce Buffer don't let me say it to Bruce Bruce will get mad he's got mad before at me in the past so I better not get his name wrong but Bruce Buffer will go out there and get the crowd real lathered up so uh, I think the intensity level is going to be so high sky high at Allegiant Stadium that uh, man the Chargers might not want to come out the locker room it's going to be so stinking loud but uh, I just think that the Raiders did a hell of a job getting the Maddens involved in multiple different ways and getting the fans to interact with the Maddens in multiple different ways for this last game win or go home type scenario so very pumped up and excited about that but that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast coming up in segment number two I will give you the keys to Raiders victory what they need to do to pick up win number 10 defensively, offensively, and special teams-wise. We'll do it all in segment number two. With all the excitement that I'm having, though, on the show and all the excitement that I have built up all week long, I've got to take a break. And what I mean by that, I've got to take a snack break. And what am I going to go to? I'm going to go to Built Bar. Matter of fact, Built Crave. Caramel and peanuts, it's like a candy bar. It's like that candy bar that's satisfying, and I say that in air quotes, this one is really satisfying. It's great tasting, and it's even better for you. Five grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein, 160 calories. That's the Built Crave caramel and peanuts. There's only a few left available, so if you want them, get them now. Go to Built.com, promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order when you go to check out, but there's more than just the Built Crave. There's the Built Bar Puffs. There's the Built Bar itself like Caramel Almond Delight, Caramel Macchiato, Eggnog, still a few of those available. Built Bar Puffs, Ruby Chocolate, Lemon Dip Cheesecake, and more. 
Check them out today. Maybe you want to start eating better. Instead of having candy, you want to have a protein bar and feel better about yourself that you're eating something that's good for you. Built Bars are the way to go. Built.com, promo code LOCK15. You'll save money. You'll be eating a great tasting snack, and you can feel really good about yourself. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCK15. I also want to let you know about an app that you need to have. All listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast that have the Get Upside app are receiving cash back. Yeah, that got your attention, right? That's right. All listeners are making up to 25 cents per gallon of gas every single time they fill up by downloading the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and using the promo code TOUCHDOWN. If you do that, you'll actually get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's 50 cents cash back or up to 50 cents cash back. So stop paying full price at the pump. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. People who drive a lot, I know there's a lot of you out there, they're making a lot. Two to $300 a month in cash back and there's absolutely no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account and you can cash out any time you want. Your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, doesn't matter. They got you covered. Just download the free GetUpside app, use that promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's code TOUCHDOWN for 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank with GetUpside. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into the conversation about keys to a Raiders victory for week 18. What do they need to do? How are they going to get it done? They're on a three-game winning streak. How can they extend it to four, get that 10th victory of the season, and more importantly, make it into the playoffs? Again, it's the conversation that a lot of us, including myself, did not think that we'd be having. I didn't think I'd be having this conversation on January 7th, 2022, talking about the Raiders needing a one victory to get into the playoffs I didn't think that I have no problem coming out and admitting that but here we are so let's get into this conversation what I think they need to do defensively offensively and special teams I believe I started with offense last week so I want to start with defense this week and the defense really should get the nod anyway because of what they've been able to do not only on the three-game winning streak but what they've been able to do throughout the course of the season they've done a hell of a job they've given the Raiders opportunities each and every games even the ones that they're getting blown out at or gotten blown out at some point uh, the Raiders defense has really held it together for the most part and the offense hasn't been able to complement them uh, the last Last three games, they've been finding ways to grind it out. The defense has done their job, got the ball back for the offense, and the offense has done their thing to make it happen. You know, so uh, really right now in December and early January, they're playing the kind of ball that you want to play. Very complimentary, playing well on all three phases of the game, and they're finding ways to win. And that's all that matters when you're in the dance. If you can get into the dance and you find a way to, to boogie and shake a little bit, then you've got an opportunity, right? So let's start off with the defense, what I think that they need to do. And the first thing I think they need to do, the most important thing that they need to do, is similar to what they did to Jonathan Taylor a week ago against the Colts. Don't allow running back Austin Eckler to wreck the game. And I don't mean just running the ball because the dude is a weapon. The dude is very Christian McCaffrey-like, in my opinion. He's very Alvin Kamara-like. Maybe not quite as fast as Alvin Kamara, but he's got the skills of, like I said, Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara where they could be used in the passing game and the running game. Anytime they get their hands on the ball, they make some things happen. The Raiders cannot allow that to happen. He cannot wreck the game 
for the Chargers offense. He cannot be that guy that just really is the is the fuel to their fire. You know, he just he cannot be that guy. They've got to make sure they eliminate. He cannot have a flashback game to old school LT, LaDamian Tomlinson, when uh, all of us as Raider fans remember you LT used to wreck games when he played against the Silver and Black. And he would catch passes, he would throw passes, he would run the ball, he would just wreck games. Austin Eckler cannot be that dude. The Raiders defense has to make sure they find a way to slow him down. I don't mind if he gets his yards. Just like Taylor got over 100 yards a week ago, it wasn't game record yards. It just really wasn't. I really think that Josh Jacobs' 63 yards was more effective than what Jonathan Taylor did a week ago. But Austin Eckler just has to be slowed down. They have to pay a lot of attention to him and don't let him get loose. So that's the biggest key defensively. Second, of course, it goes to the quarterback. Got to harass Justin Herbert. I'd like to see the Raiders get home and sack him a few times, but just get him off his spot. Make him uncomfortable. Make him rush a couple throws. Make him scramble around and just, you know, see guys flying around from all angles. Max Crosby, Unique Ngakwe. If uh, Nate Hobbs or somebody is blitzing from the corner position, the slot corner or the outside corner, get home. When you get your arms and hands around the quarterback, get him to the ground. Don't allow him to shake out of it like Carson Wentz did a week ago. If if they're going to have blitzes and you know that Gus Bradley's going to dial up a couple, You've got to get home. You know, you've got to harass Justin Herbert and make life very difficult on him. So I'm not going to say that they have to have a certain number of sacks or a certain number of pressures. They've just got to be around the the quarterback a lot and make his life miserable. I know he's a really good quarterback. I get that. But he's still just a second-year guy. He's bound to make a bunch of mistakes. I mean, if you look at who who has the favorite or who should be the favorite in this in this battle, the quarterback position between Justin Herbert and Derek Carr, Derek Carr should get that nod just because he's an eight-year veteran. But, of course, Justin Herbert's getting all the love because, well, he's the golden boy. You know, he's the guy that everyone's showing all the love to. Well, the Raiders' defense should take that personal and harass the hell out of Justin Herbert on Sunday. Don't give up the big play. Talking to you, Trayvon Merrick. I'm talking to you, Casey Hayward. I'm talking to you, Brandon Faison or Desmond Trufant. You know, whoever's out there at the corner positions, Nate Hobbs, don't give up the big play. If the Chargers are going to go and score a touchdown, make them be patient. Make Herbert be patient and take a 12, 13, 14 play drive to get it done. Make them earn it. Don't allow them to strike in a two-play, three-play thing. You know what I mean? They've got to They've got to make him earn it and and allow Justin Herbert the opportunity to make that mistake. I just think sometimes the more patient that he has to be and is forced to be, sometimes he'll tend to make a mistake right there. So don't give up the big play. And Trayvon Merrick, Casey Hayward, if you have an opportunity to come up with an interception, damn it, do it. Don't tip it up into the air and let a wide receiver get it for a touchdown like he did a week ago. Make the play. I remember one time when I was playing flag football, and I know this has nothing to do with the NFL, but I was playing flag football, and the ball was, I was playing corner, the ball was coming up, and I saw it, I looked at it, and I thought in my head, I'm going to go intercept this ball, and I jumped, and the guy behind me jumped up a little higher and, and, and caught the ball, and I remember my team looked at me and said, make the play, Q, make the play, and I thought to myself, make the play, Q, <laughs> just make the play, that's all you got to do. I didn't do it then, the Raiders didn't do it a week ago. Make the play this week if they have the opportunity. And I think ultimately you got to hold the Chargers to 21 or less points. That's the recipe to win the game because I don't know what the Raiders offense is going to look like, if it's going to be putting up some big numbers, if Darren Waller's playing or not. Obviously that's going to be a factor to it. But I say 21 or less points, you give yourself a chance to win even at the end just like they did a week ago, and I'm comfortable with that. You give Derek Carr the ball with uh, not very much time left on the clock and he's within striking range, I think he's going to get it done every single time. I really feel that confident. Maybe I'm being naive but I don't think so. Now, offensively, and I'll go through this kind of quickly, the offensive line's got to dominate. I'm not saying they've got to give Derek Carr some time and they got to open up holes. I'm saying they got to dominate. 
they have got to have their stones on the table type game. You know what I mean? Like they've got to go out there with that attitude that we're going to be better than you today. We are going to be the best unit in the trenches today. And that means they got to go out there and dominate. I, I want to see the best performance from all five, not just Andre James, who's been playing well. Alex Leatherwood, I'm talking to you. Brandon Parker, I'm talking to you. Colton Miller, I'm talking to you. John Simpson, I'm talking to you. All five of you have to work as a cohesive unit and get it done. Dominate the trenches. That's to the offensive line. The run game, I think it needs 80-plus yards. I really do. Uh, just Josh, Josh Jacobs had 63 yards a week ago. I think if he's healthy, he should go for at least 80. I'm not asking for a hundo, but I'm asking for at least 80. I think that that run game is going to help open up everything else, play action pass, open up Zay Jones, open up Hunter Renfro. If D. Waller is out there, he'll open him up as well. They've got to get something productive from their run game. And then Derek Carr needs to remain patient. Like I talked about Justin Herbert, uh, make him go up and down the field, 14, 15 play drive. I don't care if Derek Carr does that. The Chargers are going to try to play so they don't give up the big play as well. I think Derek Carr should be very patient. He doesn't have to get trapped into trying to stretch the field to Deshaun Jackson. Now, if he thinks he has something, fine, go for it. But remain patient and protect the ball. The ball security is so important. They've been winning games with three turnovers and two turnovers. That's not going to, you're not going to keep winning that way. You're just not. You've got to protect the rock. And finally, special teams, Carlson, just keep playing with ice in your veins. You know what I mean? That's what that dude's been money all season long. Again, there's a reason he got a four-year contract extension. His battery mate, A.J. Cole, the punter, keep flipping the field. Keep doing what you do. There's a reason why you're going to the Pro Bowl. Those two guys, I think that they know their job. Do their job and do their job well. And then the last part of the special teams, and I didn't point this out last week, but it came up in a major way, Hunter Renfro. Make some good decisions in the punt return game. Not just returning the ball, you know, 20, 30, 40 yards and setting your team up for good field position, but also when to catch the ball, where to catch the ball, when to field it so you don't set the team up, you know, first in, first in 10 from like the three or four yard line. You know, uh, should you field the ball inside the 10? I mean, just make good decisions in the punt return game, both returning the ball and when to field the ball and when to get the hell out of the way. So those are the three elements of the special teams that I really want to see. But I think if the Raiders can do the majority of those keys that I just rolled out, I think we'll be talking about a Raider victory on Monday. And I'll tell you right now, I said it on the radio on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Thursday. I, I think straight up that the Raiders win this game. And it's not because I'm a fan of the team, but I am a fan of the team. But I just think that, they're going to win. My gut feeling tells me that they're going to win. That's not based off anything scientific that I know. It's not based off of any kind of uh, great whatever, you know, just such a great football mind. I just, my gut feeling is my gut feeling. And when I have a gut feeling to think that they're going to win, I have no problem coming out and saying it. Say it on the radio, say it on the podcast. I do think the Raiders win this game on Sunday. I think it's going to be a close one, but I think on Monday we'll be talking about the Raiders going into the playoffs. Either the fifth, the sixth, or the seventh seed. You have to see how everything shakes out on Sunday, but I think that's what we'll be talking about on Monday. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, what is on your mind? Your calls and text, 707-654-4693. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag, and it's your number one spot for all sports action all season long. Of course, the NFL playoffs are right around the corner. That's when the betting gets hot, right? National championship game, that's going to be on Monday. That's when the betting gets hot. College basketball, pro basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, betonline.ag has got you covered. Head to the website right now on your laptop or your mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How do you do that? Use the promo code Locked On. It's all one word and you'll receive that bonus. Again, promo code Locked On, all one word, betonline.ag. With your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts. 
Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your time to shine. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That's the number. Let's start things off with my guy, Brother Marquise in the 305, rep Miami one time. He's talking about this game on Sunday. He's super fired up about the opportunity that the Raiders have, and he's going to tell you about it. Here he is, Brother Marquise in the 305. Raider Nation, Brother Marquise, <clears throat> what's up, Q? Let me tell you. I'm just getting so fired up. It's Tuesday. I'm ready to run through a wall already. This game got me so hyped up. These Chargers, looking forward to it. This is our, re- our revenge game. This is that game where we get 10 years ago when they took it from us and Hugh Jackson's team and took us from the playoffs. This is our opportunity to not only rectify, rectify that and not repeat history, but to take it from them and their golden child, Justin Herbert, who everybody's ready to crown the next generational player already. But let's keep this generational player sitting at home for the first two years of his career. I'm just so fired up. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm excited to see what these guys got. They've put themselves in a situation where they can compete and, and, and do something that no one believed in that they could do, me included. Because I don't care how different, how great that team is, all the adversity they went to, I didn't think there was a chance they'd be able to bounce back and put themselves in this situation. If Good on them for not listening to people like us, not listening to the noise, and to just believing in the 53 guys they have in that locker room and believing they could get it done. I'm so fired up. I'm look. I'm ready. I'm ready to watch Derek Carr go out there and shred these guys. I'm ready to see. I'm talking to people like Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, Casey Hayward, that defense getting after Denzel Perriman, all these guys. You know what? Because during these games, it's it's up to the, your great players to play great. That's what it's about. You know, they don't have to be great. The old adage we say in coaching is that you don't have to be great all the time. You have to be great when it's time. And guess what, fellas? It's time. It's time to show them who you are, to show them why you wear the shield, and to show the Chargers why they belong at the bottom of the AFC West. Raiders, let's go. There he goes, Brother Marquise in the 305. And, yeah, man, I love the excitement. I love the pumped-up mentality. And it's exactly how Raider Nation should be, man. Build this energy, build it all weekend long, and then just let it blow up on Sunday, right? I think the stadium's going to blow up on Sunday with everything that the Raiders have lined up to do. And then, of course, when the Raiders take the field, I think it's going to be electric, way louder than it even was on the Monday Night Football opener against the Baltimore Ravens. This is going to be a building that I know is very young in its existence. But, man, this is going to be the most electrifying night in Allegiant Stadium history. Next up, got a text from Cyrus in Jefferson City. Q, Cyrus from Jefferson City, Missouri. First of all, you're spot on or more people need to get behind several things you stated. First, ugly win or not, a win is a win. Could they or should they have played better? Yes, but this is the NFL. You're supposed to have more ugly wins than clean as you're playing high-caliber players at all positions. I'm good with ugly as long as we get the dub. Second, we need to stop blaming the city for character issues. It doesn't matter where you are. If you want to get in trouble or take risks, you will. All these big cities have ways for one to get into trouble after hours if that's the choice you make. Third, why as fans are we hating each other or the team? If you're doing either, then get on the bus and get out. Can you criticize and want better? Absolutely, but no hate is needed. I bet everyone that swore they checked out earlier in the season is paying attention now. We need to remember to stand behind the shield and just win, baby. Have the faith in the players and the team and stop bashing Carr and the rest of the team. They all have areas they can improve in, but they are putting it together and making do of what they can as this team has dealt with so much this year and to be a contender is amazing. 
Thanks again, Q, for all that you do for Raider Nation. Go Raiders. That's Cyrus from Jefferson City. And, uh, yeah, there's really not a whole lot more I can say to that because I pretty much said uh, all that. So I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I think that all the members of Raider Nation should stand behind the team on Sunday. Uh, win, lose, or tie, whatever. I think they should be saluted in a major way no matter how this game shakes out Sunday night because of what you just said at the end. As much as they've been through, for them to even be where they are and have this opportunity that they have, it's unbelievable. I didn't think they were going to have the chance. Many didn't think they were going to have the chance. And here they are knocking on the door, waiting to get into the playoffs. So, yeah, I think that everybody should salute this team and they should stand out there and soak it up uh, after the, the game's over, regardless if they win or lose on Sunday night. Thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Raider Finn. I believe he said Raider Finn. He's going to talk about the Raiders and if they win on Sunday night and make the playoffs, what he feels should happen with the coaching staff. Here he is, Raider Finn. Hey, Q, this is Raider Finn. First time calling in. I uh, appreciate all the work you're doing, man. I just want to call in real quick and just say, um, regarding uh, head coach Versace, uh, honestly, if we make the playoffs, I truly do believe that he, he deserves a shot. He, he really, truly does, deserves a one-year shot at least to coach next year because the thing about it is this defense deserves a shot to continue to work with Gus Bradley with all the stuff he's doing. Like, this defense is special, man. This defense is truly the reason why we were actually in this position to make the playoffs. Like, last year, offense was the reason, and defense was the weakness. Now, this year, it's the opposite. This defense is keeping us in these games. And it, it's crazy because, honestly, man, like, even though our offense is – not looking like it is, but not like like how it could be and how it should be. Like I'm, I'm, I think this defense can can actually can actually do some damage if we can actually make it to the playoffs, man. So we, we this defense deserves to actually keep Gus Bradley as head coach because if a new head coach come in, Gus Bradley's probably gonna be gone. You know what I mean? You know Olsen's gone. So we deserve to keep this staff around if we make the playoffs, man. We deserve for them to build and see how they is next year because we've seen improvement. This is Raider Finn. I'm out, man. Appreciate it, bro. One. There he goes, Raider Finn. Thank you for the call, my man. And I completely understand every point you make. And that's why I'm glad I don't have to make that call. <laughs> you know, I respect everything Basachi has done. Uh, I have some people that get that twisted and think that I don't like him or think he's a good head coach. I just felt like, and I just do feel like, that he's a really good interim coach that was there and held this ship together, kept everything together, kept it going, and kept this team locked in. I just think that if Mark Davis has the opportunity to go out there and get a guy he feels is a long-term solution, he's going to do it. Really, I mean, I, I really do. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. You very well easily could be right, as many people have said that. But, you know, it's so funny as the season went, and this is just how emotions go, and this is how the roller coaster ride is. You know, at first when they were winning, it was like, hey, keep Rich Versace around. He's the guy. Then all of a sudden they started playing bad. Oh, he's terrible. You know, he's not a very good coach. He can't do this, that, and the other. Now all of a sudden they're heating up. They're on this three-game winning streak, and there's a lot more folks that are like you saying that he should stick around. And I don't know what the right answer is. My gut feeling, which is all I ever go on, is telling me that he's not going to be the head coach next year. But that doesn't mean anything. If Mark Davis thinks he's the right guy and this team, they want to run it back, I can see them doing that as well. I, I have conversations with folks from the Raiders every single week, and, and I don't think that that's been ruled out. I really don't. I'm just telling you what I believe my gut feeling is, or I know what my gut feeling is, but that doesn't mean that it's 100% right. So uh, thank you for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. We'll just have to see how this thing shakes out, and hopefully uh, we're not even talking about that for a few weeks because that means that the Raiders are still in this thing. So thank you again. Uh, next up is a text from Raider Black. What's up, Q? This is Raider Black. 
I know we've put the Colts game behind us, but I just watched Hard Knocks and it's great watching the Raiders win from the opponent's perspective. To see how they prepare for Carr, their defense upset, they're getting their ass kicked by a team not as good to the Colts wanting Renfro to score. That was good seeing from the other side. Imagine an in-season Hard Knocks with us this year. Emmy nominations. Can't wait for Sunday. No tie. Kick the Chargers ass. That comes from Raider Black. Thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And you know, I haven't checked out that Hard Knocks. And honestly, I've never been a Hard Knocks guy. As much as I love the NFL, I've never been a Hard Knocks guy. I only watched it the year that the Raiders were on it because I had a responsibility to watch to see that the Raiders were on it so I could talk about it here on the show. And that was it. If it wasn't for the Raiders being on the show, I would have never watched Hard Knocks. I have heard that it's really good. Many people have suggested it to me. John McClain, who I respect a lot, everyone knows that from the Houston Chronicle, tells me every year, oh, Q, you need to watch Hard Knocks. You need to watch Hard Knocks. I just can't get involved in it. I don't know why. I just... I don't want to do I don't want to do it. I just don't. But I have heard this is a really good one. So thank you so much for that text. Thanks for sharing that story. I really do appreciate you. Now let's close things out with one more call. We'll take it from Raider Dot. He's calling to respond to me saying that it's not guaranteed that Darren Waller is going to play on Sunday. And he's pretty fired up about it. Here he is, Raider Dot. What's going on, Phil? This is Raider Dot. I'm calling in to uh, respond to you saying that it's not certain that Darren Waller is going to play. Look here, man. You must be out of your rabbit-ass mind if you don't think Darren Waller is going to play. Darren Waller was probably ready a week or two ago, but we had nothing to play for. We was in the middle of a slump. Why risk your best player for nothing? Once I knew, once we won Sunday, regardless of all the BS press conference and everything, that's leading up to this last week, you are sick if you don't think Darren Waller is going to play. We have something to play for now. They're not going to risk him getting hurt playing when we're in the middle of a slump, playing when when the morale of the team is down and he's already hurt. I guarantee you Darren Waller is going to play. Regardless of all the BS we hearing, he's going to play. Trust me, you should be ashamed of yourself even trying to assume that we have to wait on Mark. Trust me, he, Darren Waller is going to play. Secondly, I will say this, Q. I'm, I'm honestly proud of this team. Um, all other 31 teams, in my opinion, if they went through the turmoil we went through this season, they would have been folded like a napkin, Q. I can't even lie. I'm so proud of us that we are even in this position um, when, when, lose, or draw Sunday, this team has showed me a lot of fight, and they showed me that they got a lot of heart. Um, I can't say nothing else more about that because it's just a beautiful thing. But back to my original statement, Q, you, 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 you must be out your mind if you think Darren Wallace not going to play, regardless of all the BS. This is what coaches do. This is what coaches do. This is how they get down, yada, yada, yada. But anywho, I'm going to holler at you. I've been tapping in. All right. There he goes. That's Raider Dot. And uh, thank you for the call. First of all, uh, yeah, everyone should be proud of the team, what they've been through, and here they are. I've said that multiple times. You're absolutely right. But let's get to the, the other subject that you really talked about and you were very fired up about. One, uh, apologize for offending you. <laughs> I mean, apologize for, I, I guess I'm sick or I'm out of my mind, as you said. Uh, I apologize for being all of that. Uh, it is not set in stone that Darren Waller is going to play. I know you're guaranteeing it, but you don't know that he's going to play. 
Nobody knows he's going to play. Rich Basaccia has not come out and said he's going to play. Greg Olson has not come out and said he's going to play. And yes, I understand. Coaches aren't going to tip their hat. I said that in segment number one. But Darren Waller hasn't played since Thanksgiving. It doesn't mean that he's going to play. You talked about there has been no meaningful games. They're playing for nothing. The last three weeks have been nothing. The last three weeks have been critical. If they didn't win the last three weeks, there would be no this week. If they didn't win last week against the Colts, this week wouldn't matter. If they didn't win the week before that, this week wouldn't matter. If they didn't win the week before that, this week wouldn't matter. So, yeah, there's meaningful games. Obviously, this is the biggest one because it's the last one. But all those games mattered. So there is no guarantee. Remember, he's coming back from COVID as well. It's not like it's just, oh, they're just putting him on the shelf and holding on to him and waiting until the right time to bring him out. He's coming back from COVID. He's coming back from a knee injury. There is no guarantees. Will he play on Sunday? Sure, maybe he will. But we won't know until we actually know. Now, if you want to live in the world where you're guaranteeing things, great. If it doesn't happen, then, you know, then it's on you. You know, I mean, but I'm not living in the speculation world. I'm living in the what I know world and what I don't know. If I think that he's going to play, I'll say my gut feeling tells me he's going to play. If I don't know, just like I don't know now, I say, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We have no idea. My gut feeling told me four weeks ago he wasn't going to play at all the rest of the season. And there's multiple reasons for that. But, you know, here we are. We're talking about him possibly playing. He hasn't practiced yet this week. So far, they've only had walkthroughs. They'll have another one of those today, and they'll see how he is. But who knows? What if his knee is really sore? Are you going to risk him being out there? They're not going to do that, neither is he. So we'll see. Again, uh, we can agree to disagree. You can guarantee maybe you have inside sources that I don't know about. But, hey, there it is. So uh, Raider Nation, according to Dot, Darren Waller's guaranteed to play, and I'm out of my rabbit-ass mind, and I'm sick. So I guess with that, we'll uh, drop the mic. We'll go into the weekend, and we'll get ready for a game on Sunday. So hopefully everyone has a great time. Uh, head out to the Rockstar and hang out if you're in town. Uh, it's going to be a fun night. Of course, Vinny Bonsignor and company from Radio Nation Radio 920 will be out there. I'll be at the uh, the Al Davis Torch, the Coors Light Landing, on Sunday morning around 2 o'clock for my pregame pregame show. Uh, Michelle Tafoya from NBC Sports will be a part of it. The Raiderettes will be part of that show. And then I'll make way for JT the Brick and Eric Allen. That'll take you right into the opening kickoff. So it should be a lot of fun. Raider Nation, enjoy the weekend. Hopefully on Monday, we're talking about a victory and who the Raiders are going to be playing in the first round of the playoffs. Until then, stay safe, have a great weekend, enjoy the game, and as always, just win, baby.